0: Two, ready, one. Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions you get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: I wasn't quite ready to start the show.
0: Also joining us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I was born ready. Joining us all the way from Mercury Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Media Church, the younger.
2: Why is it that Two of you guys are so sweaty, and Glenn looks so refreshed and unsweaty.
1: I'm telling you, I am dry as a bone right now.
2: Really? And it's loving
0: so it. not what moisture wicking is. Sure. Yeah, I am, well.
1: I am the least moist person sitting at this table, I can tell you <laughs> that. Well, that's yeah. true, but
0: that's just down to genetics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And on that basis, I declare an emergency. On the Whoa. basis that Jed is definitely moist right it's now? It's not on that basis. I just want to start talking about this. <laughs> Old moistened Jed, they call him. <laughs> Believe it or not, we have something even more disturbing That's to my get favorite
1: to. Dickens Christmas uh, story <laughs> <That's> right there.
0: <right. laughs> Old moist
1: Jed. Moisty he was. <laughs> he would go door to door selling his moisture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good <laughs> Alright well that's a word a lot of people hate So 80% of the audience has turned it off by now so Please that's good. Uh,
1: would you like to
3: buy My moisture
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's Christmas Enough, Y'all, it's enough. four degrees below zero here in Chicago. We yeah. are freezing and doing the best we can. Yeah. And let's be yeah, honest, we're really not pulling it off. You're, you're listening right.
0: to people literally freeze to the point of insanity. So that's yeah. what we're doing here. As I, I mentioned, I went out to, in, the, in between shows here to grab a drink. As I mentioned Jeb, I was worried that this can of Diet Coke wouldn't be cold because it's not in the fridge. It's cold. Yeah. Just <laughs> for being on the ground. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. We had a message come in from our friend James. Scripture ah. sketches. You may know him on the Tumblr. He does okay. uh, wonderful drawings. Lovely. Check him out on the Tumblr. Oot. Uh, he, there, and this is one of my favorite things about this show. I don't know about you people. Um, there's a, a number of people out there who, when they just see some crazy Christian crap in the world, yeah. think, you know who's got to know about this <laughs> to say that, fellas. Yeah, yeah And you're right. Yes. We need
1: yeah. material. You're right. The last thing we want is to run out of things to mock. Absolutely, Absolutely right.
0: So, uh, Brother James shares with us a television program. Yes. Uh, it was, it was originally on the Game Show Network. Okay. He tells me it's now on Netflix in the U.S. Okay. if you want to check that out. And I don't know why you would. Uh, the title of this church, uh, this game show, keep in mind, is It Takes a Church.
1: Okay. You tried to describe this to me. I still don't have my mind wrapped around
0: it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, friends. Uh, James sent uh, this message into the Tumblr a couple of few days ago. I spent a lot of time on this Wikipedia page.
1: Okay. There's not a
0: lot on it. Right. But, you know, if you've ever seen the Kevin Smith movie from the 90s, Mallrats... There's right. a guy who's just staring at the magic eye picture and he yeah. can't get it, but he just needs to understand. Yeah, he's it really trying to a get it. Quixotic yeah. obsession. Yeah, that's me in the Wikipedia page for it takes a church. Okay, day. I will read from the Wikipedia and we'll go on oh. this journey together. Okay, and try to figure out what on God's green earth is going on here. The series travels to various churches and congregations to have a single unsuspecting keyword. Member of the Church Presented with Potential Suitors. Each episode begins at the setting of a church service with host Natalie Grant appearing to introduce the show. A single member of the congregation is introduced to his or her surprise while members of the congregation then nominate other single members of the congregation as suitors. (laughs) So you're having church. Right. A, uh... Mildly successful CCM artists kicks the door in with a camera crew, and they say Jennifer's single. Stand up, Jennifer. Yes. These other the church chose these other three dudes who are also single. We're game showing right now. You know your worst fear, single church person <laughs> yes. What's happening.
2: Yes, it stops today. The singleness is over. <laughs> this this might
1: be the weirdest. The most insane idea I've ever heard about. It's him.
0: awful. And I will head off some thoughts of the past. You may be thinking to yourself, dear listener, if you listen to the show for a while. Now, Matt, you're bringing this up. Are you frightened that this is the kind of thing Glenn and Jed in their desperation for you to be able to get in on? No.
3: No. <laughs> no. Here no. are
0: things we don't have at the bridge. Camera crews. Yeah. Right. Uh, well-meaning CCM artists. No. Right. Interruptions <laughs> to the service. Right. Oh. That's right, right. Right. So I'm not concerned about that. Let's read on. The number of suitors is immediately narrowed down to four. They, so apparently the church okay. just nominates a bunch of single people. Wow. And they say, but not you, 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 or you. What about Bob? No! No. So the church
1: people say, you suck, you can't be dating this person. Yes. Yes.
3: Okay.
0: They are the top three as voted by the congregation. <laughs> right. The congregation votes for the top three, and a fourth chosen by the pastor. What? <laughs>
2: Oh my if you words.
0: thought being a pastor's kid in a normal church was bad, wow! wait until it takes a church, shows up. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. It really it is. is. In the first round, <laughs> the single member spends time in the community, usually at a charitable event, with two suitors at a time. <laughs> so you go to work, the 5K, a suit kitchen, and they bring in the two dudes, and you do it. Uh, at the, <laughs> during this time, a group of matchmakers watches the events as they are recorded on camera. Nope. What? The church pastor moderates the second round, setting up the suitors on their own dates with the single member before spending time one-on-one with each of the suitors. This is insane. (laughs) The pastor then (laughs) makes recommendations to the single member, who in turn eliminates another suitor. The final round consists of actual one-on-one dates between the single member and each of the suitors. After the dates, the congregation gathers to see who the single member has deemed the winner, while the matchmaker who originally suggested the winner at the start of the episode earns the church a $10,000 donation in his or her name. Let me break this down for you as the cast. You got matchmakers in the church, which we used to call them Pains in the butt. <laughs> right. They get an official title. Busybodies. Yes, if you will. the one we all avoid. Right, but we're getting them dealt with. They get in their name a ten thousand dollar donation made to the church, which had their Sunday morning service Im- involved in this, and pastor gets to be on camera, and they get ten grand. <laughs> the winner gets Jack squat. <laughs> Except a lifetime of embarrassment, <laughs> right. and a date maybe. Does anyone want to guess With the suitors? There's, so there's four guy, four uh, suitors. One yeah. gets picked, and they don't get nothing for winning. Right.
3: right.
0: Uh, the the remaining three suitors get something. Would you care to guess what the door prize is? Well. Think stupid.
3: Well, a Bible feels like an option. Yeah. Big dumber. Boxed set of this game show. That's I, That would be hardcore. Think far more patronizing. A copy of True Love Waits.
0: Oh, that's awful.
3: Yeah. You see what I did there?
0: Yeah, that's real, real
3: bad. copy of I Kissed Dating Goodbye. <laughs>
0: In this case, dating, kissed you goodbye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Literally, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, I'm going to end the suffering here, and I read directly from Wikipedia so people know I'm not making this up. Additionally, the suitors who are not selected receive a free one-year membership to the online dating website Christian Mingle.
3: Oh, God. Which this is
0: probably the point where I should point out Christian Mingle is the sponsor of the show.
3: Okay. okay. We, somebody is... has
0: combined all the worst things about Christian culture into this one game show. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: First of all, Can we just start on this level? Please. That is one psychedelic head trip we just took.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is. I can see why James thought, I need outside input on this. Yeah, I know. I still haven't wrapped my mind around this. (laughs) Oh, it's on. If you think I'm not watching at least one episode of this on Netflix, dry your mind. There's a
1: scene where she says to a potential suitor, one of two that's hanging out with her at some charity event. Yeah. I can't date you because the people in my church think you suck, and my pastor said that you
0: have bad tendencies. No, the pastor's the second round. We got four matchmakers take us down to three. Right. pastor takes us down to two. Then, finally, the actual person gets some input.
1: Wow. Wow. Look, let me just say this, too. I am a known, pathological, deeply evil harasser of single people. True.
0: Preach. I
1: mean, I have no shame. Yeah. I have no restraint. Yes. I have done many large scale speaking events where I have pointed directly at Matt, (laughs) said that he was single, and said, uh, gave him a bit of a, you know, pitch. Yes. Sure. You know, ladies. Not uh, a good one, but a pitch. Yeah. Uh, But here's. Never seen
0: a more uncomfortable sociology class at a Christian college.
1: That's, you know, but. You have to do what you have to do. Yes. Sure. Just to fight the. Sometimes you need to times. take time
0: out of your sermon at your inner city ministry, which has a ten minute time limit. That's right. Because you got to let people know.
1: Because we had to do something about this scourge of singleness. Yes. Okay? But what I'm saying is, if I say that's insane, you've really done something. You have gone way, <laughs> way past what you should be up to.
0: Can I give you the single best line? from this Wikipedia page before we move on. Under the reception section, It Takes a Church has received mixed reviews from critics. Mm. Oh. So to your point, um, even people who write about Christian television for a living <laughs> think this is super weird. Yeah, that's bad, dude. Yeah. What we have bad. here, I think, is a dark... Because here's the thing, and we, uh, Jed and I, do a fair amount of media projects up here, so we have to get into this mindset, and this goes well. With, Glenn does a lot of partnership with churches and pastors, and Lee as well. And um, you, you see the things that they see a dumb thing that happens, right? And then you're forced to backtrack to the original meeting, yeah, right. where this was pitched, yeah, right. And somebody said, "Love it, <laughs> yes, <laughs> greenlit, right, <laughs> yes." So apparently, and I'm going to guess it's an old white person. uh... There's enough people in the world who work for some production company who think this is the way dating should work. Yeah. Wow. That they got it greenlit. And I can't believe Josh Harris doesn't host it.
1: Just have a singles mixer. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? A little glitter
1: ball, nice music.
0: Glenn, how do I as a pastor get on TV and get 10 grand out of that?
1: Lord. On that basis, I declare an emergency.
3: Okay. We were already in in an emergency. Double emergency.
1: Okay. First of all, I don't believe it was declared. It indeed was. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It was. I don't. Double secret emergency. emergency you were really
3: excited about moistened Jed. So, <laughs> oh, I, I oh he declared it. Yeah, I was trying to get out off of
1: that. that. That's my focus was on Jed <laughs> sure. being moist. Yeah.
0: Double secret emergency.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, Here's what um, I'm saying, and this is a true fact. We just had Mission USA. Uh, Christmas extravaganza. Indeed, we did. At the house. Yes. We had all the people over. It was
0: joyful and celebratory.
1: We loved it. Yes. That's the story we're telling. Now, we had We a, love cheer. We had. Uh, our wives love this stuff. Yes. And we Hosting. are there. Yes. Now. So you
0: are act, not actively making things worse because you've been told stop actively making things worse. <laughs> That's correct. There have been meetings.
1: Now. Uh, so we had uh, the staff there, we had some volunteers there. The, this is the cream of the crop. This yeah, is the sure. best group of individuals you're going to find anywhere. Okay? Not only that, but when we get together to eat, it's serious. Absolutely. I mean, the the quality of the cooking on this food is like gourmet. That's no joke. It's gourmet quality good. I mean, they put their foot in it when they cook. Which, if stuff. you
0: don't speak, Glenn, that's a positive thing about cooking and not a literal statement. That's
1: yes, right.
3: Which would be a health code violation. <laughs> yes. That's correct.
0: Not now, Louisiana.
1: Here's what happened. We're all enjoying a lovely dinner with the thing. Here's what happened. Turkey, delicious. Might I say,
0: moist. Yes.
4: true. How many
1: times can you get it into an episode before no females ever listen to the show? Oh, we're already there. Okay, so this turkey (laughs) is serious. It's banging. It's happening. And everybody wants to know. Who Who made this turkey? Who made this turkey? Well, I'll end the mystery for you right now. Please do, sir. It happened to be one Matthew Ezekiel King. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) That made this turkey. And here's what I'm saying ladies, he's single. Yep. And he makes a turkey. Yep. So get in on that. Yeah, time for a little (laughs) Christmas gift for you.
2: (laughs) Treat yourself.
1: We'll try him up in a little bow. So he can't get away, and you get him. <laughs> Married. Boom. So that's, that's uh, right. The,
3: and here's the thing to bring it back. The man that just delivered that diatribe, that insane, yeah, insane much.
1: diatribe, yes. too weird.
3: this show and says, oh, no. Yes. You can't no, treat people right. like that? No. No. Yes,
1: that's right. That's just
0: what I'm saying. Okay. And, folks, that's why we need you to keep sending us weird Christian things you find. I go back to us needing material. Yeah. Because if we didn't have this show to talk about, Glenn would have turned that into a 15-minute emergency.
3: That's right. Yeah. That's
0: right. And on that basis, I declare, emergency <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, my Good luck, heavens. Matt. Yeah. Good luck. You know what? It's the last week of 2016 as this comes out, and I think we can all agree, to quote the the great thinker, G. Fitzgerald, 2016 has re- been a real schmuck of a year. Yep. yep. It's been unpleasant at almost every turn. I uh, men- <laughs> may mention it's generally negative four degrees. Yes. Um, so, But if you're a Bridgebox subscriber, you got 12 amazing Bridgeboxes. Indeed. We've had have. a lot of feedback. Mm. People enjoyed them. People got a lot out of them. They were encouraged. They, yes. they were uh, helped. So if you want to make 2017 significantly less schmucky than 2016, you don't have control over politics. You don't have control over uh Beloved celebrities passing away, these things are beyond our control. You have control over going to mission dot com slash bridgebox and signing up hmm. getting twenty seventeen started off right for only eight dollars a month and it goes to support uh actually the folks who were at our christmas uh party uh partaking. Of the lovely turkey and That's many right. other uh, delicacies, uh, we're able to hire them because of folks who support Bridgebox. So you're blessing people who bless people. It's a great thing to be a part of and get a lot of cool stuff for yourself there. Missionusa.com/slash/bridgebox. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you know this all the way to the end, I'll give you the ways you can get touch this. This person writes into our Tumblr inbox and says, "I've really hit it off with this guy and he wants to date, but I have many concerns. He's been through a lot and has ADD and Tourette syndrome. He." I'm sorry, ADHD and Tourette Syndrome. He's learned how to manage them magnificently. I actually didn't know he had either of these conditions until he told me. He's a respectable, God-fearing man, and we have a few shared interests. He works two jobs, lives on his own, and volunteers a ton. But I don't know how this would work. Some of the things he says and does I do not understand, and I feel that there's a disconnect. So, Chad, let me just start us off on this. So there's there's a couple of uh, realities here. I think we, we should deal with both of them. Uh, one is... Uh, dealing with someone and it be that in a friendship, a dating relationship, a ministry relationship where they have these kind of uh, conditions and how do we work with that? How do we deal with that? And the other is just kind of empathizing with someone who's going through something you cannot understand on a fundamental level. I think as we go through both this, we're going to find both of those here, but obviously our friend here can't get Inside the mind of someone with these conditions, because there's True. just a different brain chemistry going on. But I don't. I think we're all going to agree that that's not a reason to scare you off no. getting involved with someone. But how do we go through this thing of I may not always understand for some exactly what someone's going through, but I can be in the active process of being engaged in a conversation about that as that goes on to try to understand it a little better.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think those are great questions. And I appreciate for our question asker, I appreciate you writing into us. I think the thing that you want to look at is everybody has something. Is, yes. There there are no right. perfectly normal people who are just 100% squared away with no issues and no problems. There's no such thing as that. Sure. Yeah. I like a nice tan suit and a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Uh, nice pair of slacks. Uh, so, you know, in this case, yeah, you you have a, a fellow in your life that has a couple of, of uh, diagnosable conditions. And so that might feel like it's a different category, but it's actually kind of not. Because, again... Mm. Everybody's got something. Everybody's, you know, got some weirdness and some issues and some things they need to look at. The question that we really want to ask if we're particularly evaluating a romantic relationship is is this person in the motion of addressing the issues in their life and doing something about those issues? Mm -hmm. Here's why that's important. You could take a person with some fairly significant and profound issues who is engaged in the process of bettering themselves, engaged in the process of managing um, their condition, engaged in the process of growing, and in the course of time, they will be a massively better boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse than a person that's almost perfect but not interested in making any changes and not interested no in
2: question. growing. Mm. That's right.
3: That's that's the thing of it, is we we have a tendency as a culture, we want to find the person that's perfect right now. And then wanna fix her upper. We don't want to fix her upper. Here's the thing you need to know. There is no one that's perfect right now. Yes. Everyone is a fixer upper. That's mm. actually one of the central tenets of the Christian faith. Mm. <laughs> um and is that what
0: that HGTV show is about? Yes. Yes, kidding.
3: absolutely. It's uh, <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> the depravity of man. This fall on HGTV. <laughs> uh, we're all, we're all fixers up. We're, we're all works in progress, and a lot of what it means to be a Christian marriage is to spur each other on as we make the changes that we need to make. You know, you might have heard yeah. the phrase, as iron sharpens iron. So uh, I'll give you some, some left and right limits here for a second. Um, one direction that would be way, way too far would be to have a view of, oh, you poor thing things must be so tough for you, therefore I won't hold you accountable on anything. Right,
4: right. You just
3: Whatever you want to do at all times is great, because right. it must be so hard being you. Right, that right. is, uh, that should not be your view of anyone. Right, literally right. of anyone. But on the other hand, the, the idea of saying you should, al- you should never say things I don't like. You, you say in your, in your uh, I'm going to read back to you, quote, some of the things he says slash does, I just don't understand and I feel there's a disconnect. If we have a view of this person should always only say things that I like and fully understand, th- that's not true of anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's literally true of no one. Uh, so the place that, that we have to land, Matt, you put, you know, what is it even in a friendship? How do we, how do we relate to someone whose who's, uh, struggles and issues are, are different from our own? I think the, the two things that we want to look at is, A, are they... Are they attempting to move forward in their lives? Or are they attempting to, to better themselves? And then are they open to receiving assistance on that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's, that's important in a friendship, but it's super important, important in a romantic relationship where we're meant to support each other. Um, they may not know how to receive help on it, and that's okay. If they're open to receiving help on it, though, now, now we can begin to, to get somewhere. But to, to add one more quick bonus point on this, the thing for our question asker that i'd encourage you to look at is that this stuff is a question of degrees given that mm. every everybody's got something everybody's yeah. got issues everybody's got you know a, a mess in their lives it's really a question of how are they working to improve it and how out of bounds are we today yeah. you know if this is something where it's a deal breaker it's just this is just this person is not able to receive a relationship today. Then don't worry about it. Don't pursue it. Right. There's actually nothing to think about here. Um, but if it's not a deal breaker, if it's no, and you kind of point this in your question, this is a responsible, godly person that handles their business and is good to me and whatnot. They got some stuff they're weird about, but you know they're you know they're lined out and squared away. Then don't let that stuff scare you off. Right. Um, at a certain point, that just becomes excuse making because I'm afraid to be in a relationship. Um, if you've got a good man who's who's you know uh, working on his issues and is able to be good to you, then I think you've really got something to think about, and maybe it's worth jumping in.
0: I think you're absolutely right. That's really a strong place to start off, and Lee, I'd love to go to you on this. I think uh, it, Jed makes a very good point. It's worth exploring a little there that. Everybody has their stuff. Yeah, right. um, it's also worth pointing out on the on the front here. Um, we're not going to give an answer about how you have a functional relationship with someone with ADHD or Tourette syndrome. Yeah, we are not psychologists. We are not right. uh, qualified to give that advice. We're not going to really be talking specifically about these conditions, and not even that much. So I'm sure it'll come up about mental illness in general. But this idea of this is a person who has their stuff. I have my stuff. I think one of the the things that must be said here and I think it's a trip up with people have kind of bigger uh, problems or problems there's terminology for me as I put that um, is it is like dating anybody else in a lot of ways and one of those ways is you're not signing up to marry this person from Jump Street I wonder if one of the things that holds people back in situations like this is if I break up with this person because it gets too much does that mean I'm a bad person and I was mean to them Mm -hmm. and some of this is understanding as Jed's saying where we need to um, be extra patient and have some extra. To, and the other thing is knowing where this is a relationship. And if the yeah. relationship, as we talked about in the last episode, if the relationship doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's yep. not a functional thing. But Lee, how do we go about kind of identifying what about this needs special help? Needs, we, I need to talk to somebody, we need counseling. And what of this sure. is just relationship stuff?
2: Yeah. And I think that's a great way to ask that because in any mean. relationship, you are going to have to deal with some. You know, with some weirdness, like Jed said, everybody's got something. We're all on a in a process, so nobody has arrived. Nobody is perfectly awesome all the time. We've all got issues and hangups, and we we've all got blind spots, and uh, and and we've all got you know things. You know, a lot of people have things that you can absolutely diagnose that we need counseling for, medicine for, all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, I I think that you're going to have in the middle of that, you're going to have Issues, particularly for uh, you're gonna have relationship issues inside these particular things that this dude is dealing with, but you're also going to have just straight up relationship issues, just like Matt's saying. And I think part of the part of you know, part of parsing those things out and understanding what is what is giving yourself the freedom to realize, as Matt's saying, I'm not signing up to be married right now, which means we have the right to look at this honestly and find out. Is this a relationship we want to stay in? We don't, you know, I, I'm not committing my life to this right now. I don't have to figure out how to be married to somebody with these particular issues right now. Uh, the only thing I have to figure out is how to go on a date with somebody with these issues. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different thing. It's a totally different prospect. It's a totally different set of expectations, totally different level of commitment. One of the things that I would suggest is that you need to have grace on yourself. Amen. Amen. Um, not just grace on yourself and the idea that we have the right to end this if we find out it's not working, we're, you know, not just that, but you need to have grace on yourself and the idea that you don't know how to do this and that's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying to somebody, Hey, you know, thanks for sharing, uh, you know, with me about the struggles that you're going through. I got to be honest with you and tell you, I have very little experience with that. Uh, I don't want to be scared off by any of it. So, I would love for you to educate me like yeah. just tell me stuff T- tell me tell me what i 'm looking at here. Tell me what the score is. Uh, tell me what you 've learned tell me what you 've read. Tell me what doctors have told you um, i 'd love to learn about this if you approach a relationship. That where you know there are going to be hang-ups, because every relationship is going to have hang-ups, but you approach it with humility and a mm-hmm. willingness to have your presuppositions turned on their head, a willingness to grow, a willingness to hear, and a willingness to, to look at yourself in the mirror honestly and say, you know what, I'm not going to get this right all the time. And you can say to the dude, hey, uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, because I'm not a perfect person... I'm probably going to step on your toes or say something really stupid at some point. Um, you have the freedom to pull a yellow card on me and tell me, hey, that's a little out of bounds. And I and I'll want to get that in line later on. Um, but I don't know what I'm dealing with here. So can you help me walk through this? A relationship that recognizes we are not perfect. I don't know what I'm doing. And we need to help each other understand who we're dealing with. That's a relationship that's ready to grow, ready to face problems and issues, and go into a deeper level. Now, a relationship like Jeb was talking about before, where we expect everybody to be perfect, and we don't have any grace on ourselves, and we think we have to handle all that perfectly, you are in for a world of hurt. Yeah. yeah. But... If you if you can look straight up at the idea that this dude I'm with isn't perfect and I'm not going to handle it perfectly, but I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to be educated and figure out what this is going to mean for both of us, then you're starting out on a much better foot. Amen. Amen.
0: I think that's a very strong point. It actually ties very nicely in with what Jed was saying about how we we don't need to be looking for a perfect person. We need to be looking for somebody who's working on their issues. That's yep. right. a very good point because um, someone who's willing to go hammer and tong at big issues is like miles more uh, preferable than someone who is not willing to work on a, what well, is seemingly small issue. Yep. That's orders of magnitude. That's even more so. I think, uh, Glenn, I kicked you on this. Lee makes a very good point there that uh, this is also not a thing. We're looking for a per- the best relationship right. set up from the jump. We're looking right. for something that's... Going to work it on that, and we talk about this a lot. Of the sh- a lot in the show that does come down to communication and most yes. everything. Whether it's something as big as uh, uh, kind of like a mental illness thing, or something as small as you know communication styles. So you right, get, right. I I, don't, I was I came from a house where everybody yelled, so I don't right. know what it's like to come from a house where everybody holds their feelings in and we're cold to each other. So right, right. we got to talk about that, or what, what? How do we get on this idea of the thing we're looking for is how we're both working to make this work, as opposed to this doesn't even seem like it's a great setup from the beginning. How do we balance right. those
1: things? Well, I I absolutely love what Lee was saying there about asking this person, what is it like for you? What is this mm-hmm. situation, this condition all about? Uh, first of all, because uh, symptoms vary wildly from one Tourette's patient to another, uh, they're you know, some some have tics and and have echolalia. You know, where you repeat things over and over again. Others do the the barking and the and the or or the cussing, which is the the really fun one. Uh, but it, it, here's the thing that, and I I like what you're saying about not psychologizing that, because it's really important for us to say somewhere in here that Tourette syndrome is not a psychological condition, mm-hmm. it's a neurological condition. That's very... De- so in other words, if you think of it this way, uh, a, a, a person who has a deficiency of dopamine has a Parkinson. A person who has an abundance of it has Tourette's. So you would look at a Parkinsonian patient and say, that's a psychological mm-hmm. condition. The thing with Tourette's is there's a certain amount of impulse control that that creates a behavior that's a little, you know, unusual, and... Uh, you can feel a little self-conscious about that or worried about that, or how would that look and what would my friends think and so on and so forth. There's, of course, medication that, as that, that she's pointing out, that deals with some of that. Uh, but I think it's about recognizing that, uh, that uh, uh, many people who have that condition will tell you that they don't think of it as a negative. They think of their life as sort of amped up in certain ways. And that the drugs can kind of take that down and sort of take the color out of life compared to where they normally are. So in certain certain respects, this may be a gift, and this is maybe something that we don't want to uh, think of negatively. The fact is, you're hinting at here that he has the, the the strength of character to deal with that, to address that, to put himself out in the world, and so on and so forth. I think that says a lot positive about him, and the you know the fact that he's uh, accomplished all that he has yes um now the fact that there's maybe a little bit of an impulse thing and that he's maybe sort of amped in certain ways I'm, I'm that's a very sloppy way of putting it but again you know as you point out we're not uh the, we're not neurologists here uh but that might lead to the occasional lapse in you know the world's most uh, perfect behavior <coughs> and as jed is saying we need to look at boundaries and degrees on that it's always going to be something it the, the, my wife is married to someone who has no Tourette's whatsoever, but will often uh, say a naughty word and, uh, you know, occasionally— Just appear pure thrill of it. There's a lot of impulse control problems in our house. Um, but but here, here's the, the recommendation. As we're walking away, I strongly, strongly recommend you read a book called An Anthropologist on Mars. This is a book by Oliver Sacks. Uh, Oliver Sacks is a genius. This he was is, a neurologist. He was a neurologist. Bless his heart. That's another thing that sucks about 2016 is he passed away. Uh, just an absolute genius. Everything he wrote is just fantastic. Uh, one of the um, uh, people he writes about in that book has Tourette's. It's just staggering. It's a it's a it's a surgeon, a guy who is a a, a, a very gifted, and talented surgeon with severe hardcore. Tourette's with the ticks with the barking with the touching compulsions all these kind of things the last person you'd want cutting you open with with all this but he does it and it's a you got to read it so big recommendation there and Anthropologist on Mars by Oliver Sacks
0: a very good recommendation a lot of Oliver Sacks stuff is very very good um I will say uh it's an interesting thing you tell, you talk about reading that which, because that does give you a good idea. I've read parts of that book. It does give you a good idea of what it's like for this person to experience this. What we don't want to do, to go back to emergency, we don't want to Wikipedia Tourette's and ADHD. Thank you. And assume we know something based on that. Yeah. You don't want to read you anthropologist Mars it's it's enriching to read and you'll learn something about the experience of this man having threats. You don't want to assume your your friend here is like that. Exactly. That's another big thing we have to look at when we go into a situation where someone has, be that mental illness, be that neurological condition, something we don't understand, you it sounds a little bit counterintuitive. Um, you don't want to come in with your research done. Right. That's um, right. Yeah, take, as, as Lee was saying, you have to ask him. Yeah, yeah. ask questions. Be engaged. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not a negative that's positive. To give a, an example uh, from uh, our life up here in Chicago, uh, you, you, people can tell me, time, I'm not going to watch The Wire. Right. Because that's not what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> no Here's no the thing. It's probably a very good TV show. but I, And that's an actual point. I don't, I don't watch crime TV. I didn't listen to serial. Because mm. I don't want this fictionalized view of this to cloud what I need to be able to face a starch reality of. Yeah, that's right. And that's kind of the same way we're doing this. Like the questions are the way to get there. And that's, I think that really brings us to uh, the final point we want to make here, which is uh, dating someone with a mental illness is like dating anyone else. Yep. Mm -hmm. In the broad strokes, the particulars may be a little different, but Um, If you're dating someone who has anxiety, if you're dating someone who has depression, if you are a person with anxiety or depression or suicidal relations who's thinking about dating and wondering, does that mean nobody will want me? Everybody has their issues. Every relationship is two people with issues who need to understand what it's like to walk in the other person's shoes. The way you get there is through conversations and through empathy and through acting outside expertise when you need it. But there's no such thing as just a setup of two very well-adjusted people who bring into a well-adjusted relationship. So yeah. that we don't need to aim for that. We don't need to, to go back to where these guys started. We don't need to mourn the idea that we're settling for something less if we don't have that. So it's all, all that to say, you know, go to coffee. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Moving on to our final que- second question here. We, it comes in anonymous with our Tumblr box and it says, I'm the sort of person who finds it hard to say no and wants or feels obligated to do anything. This can be volunteering in the children's ministry, picking people up, dropping people off, arriving early for setup, staying late for teardown, etc. How do we know when to stop with our obligations? What if it's a blessing to, for us to do those things? How do we know what our role is and what if there's no one else to do it? At the same time, how do we prevent burnout? A very good question. I think a lot of the folks who listen to uh, the show are involved in volunteer ministry uh, somewhere yeah. or volunteering at certain places. So Lee, if you can start us off on this one
2: yeah first of all, I would say um i I kind of grew up in the situation where I could have written this question and um and at the same time, as a pastor in a church, I can tell you that um and these guys have been in enough ministry environments they could tell you the same thing is true um ninety eight percent of the stuff in and around the church is done by about eight percent of the people, yeah you know? in the church and the folks that are trying to run these ministries, we're super thankful for that 8% and we're trying to figure out how to get the other, you know, 92% to understand what it means to come along with us and stuff. So first of all, um, if you're a person that's got your hands in a bunch of ministries, you know, from the perspective of a pastor, we're thankful for that. Um, the the thing that I would say though, is I, I think, and in my own life this had to this had to become true. I think it's time to ask some questions. And the questions really take us back to what is the point of serving and where does it need to come from? So I would love for you to ask yourself some questions and and try as hard as you can not to answer them like anybody's listening. Like you no, this is not a test that you're turning in. Okay, so you don't want to answer this like you would answer a question in a Sunday school class. You want to write down this question, you want to take it on a walk, and really think about what do I feel about this, where are all my emotions in this, where are my fears in this, and stuff like that. Here are a couple questions for you. And one of the questions is, what would happen if I say no to that ministry? It, you know this thing that somebody's asking me to do or this thing I feel like I need to do, what would happen if I said no to it here 's another question: What does Jesus think about my downtime mm-hmm. how does How does Jesus feel about that when I just loaf when I veg out how does what's jesus's opinion of that? Why do I do the things that I do? and do I think there's a relationship between jesus 's smile over my life? and the chairs and stuff that I'm picking up at the church. That is such an important question, man. I mm-hmm. can't I can't stress to you how important it is that we figure out what do you think you're doing with serving? Where are you serving out of? Because here's the truth. Being involved in ministry is going to be exhausting. It is going to exhaust you It's going to squeeze you in ways nothing else can. You will walk away from certain ministry environments and you have spent all of the calories that you have. You have spent all of the energy, all of the strength, all the power that you have. And if you are doing that out of some kind of place of, I'm trying to get Jesus to think I'm awesome. I'm looking for Jesus points. Or I'm trying to make people think that I'm for real. Or whatever, there is no, there's nothing on earth that will replenish that energy that you've spent on that thing. But if you're doing that out of a place of, I'm not trying to impress Jesus. I love Jesus. I know I'm free. I'm forgiven, all that stuff. I'm, I'm giving out of my overflow. And I just love being. I, I love doing the thing that he has made me for and called me for. That feels completely different. It, it, it can still be exhausting, but it feels completely different. And a person that's serving out of that mindset, you love your downtime. And here's the thing about it. You know Jesus loves your downtime. It's like when you are on a day off and you're loafing, you you just feel like you could look to the right and see Jesus like, hey baby, this is what I'm talking about. I'm glad we're here together. Like that's the way that you feel about this thing. So I think we need to look at some core questions about why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What would happen if I stopped doing? Do do I think everything would grind to a halt? In other words, am I ne- a necessary part of this, um, or am I am I earning something with Jesus? I think those are questions you should look at. They're questions that I had to look at in my own life before I got to a place where ministry and my downtime and everything was a thing where I could be exhausted and yet fulfilled at the same time and then replenished and enjoy my my loafing and and day off and all that kind of stuff. I think those are some things that we need to look at. Why are we doing what we're doing? Amen. Amen. That's
0: absolutely really good stuff. I'm glad if I can uh, go to you next. Um there's this is one of those things where you're gonna to have to be bad at it for a minute, I think. Right. There's no we we can give you some good advice and give you some good pointers that um the first time somebody says, Hey, can you stick around to set up to help us break down, you can say, No, nah, I did set up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce. Right. You're not gonna you're not gonna have the full confidence that we might try to instill in you. So mm-hmm. how do we start this journey? If you've ever said no before, what's the first one look like?
1: Well, I think it, here's the thing. If you look at the uh, the times when you really overdid it, when you've really burned yourself out this week, this month, whatever, and you feel like I need a break, and, you're, and you feel bad about it, and whatever, whatever. Okay, Here's what I would compel you to, to do, is to go back and and really do an autopsy, autopsy of that week, or a couple of weeks, or three weeks, whatever it is. I will bet you that you could say to yourself, if I had said no to this one thing, I would have been able to kind of yes. regroup my energies, then I would have been fine for the next thing, which may, would have made the next thing not quite so bad. And I actually could have just sailed through the rest of this month. But that that particular week, I really needed a break, and I didn't take it, so I was exhausted that week, which made me even more exhausted the next week, and even more exhausted that, that, that week after that. So it's, all, it's really just one thing. It, 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 there's a sense that if I'm this exhausted, I may need to you know, gut these things and really stop doing a lot. But you might be surprised and, and pleased to find out, no, you you could do a certain amount of this stuff, but it's, it's that one mm-hmm. thing that's not... Okay, so here's the thing. Take that same thinking and project it forward and say, what is the one thing I need to say no to yeah. coming up in the next two or three weeks? What's the one thing that's just one thing too many and decide right now... You're gonna say no to that, mm-hmm. okay? Now it's gonna be you're not gonna you know that's gonna be a bad feeling, but that's the second step, is working on being okay with saying no. You've got time, you can you know whatever. You made the decision, you know it's a smart decision, but you you're you're committing yourself to to saying okay, um, this is the right thing. This is a smart thing. I don't need to feel guilty about this. As Lee is saying, there's other people in this church that can absolutely step up and do their deal. I I I do more than my fair share. I enjoy what I do, and it's enough. So you have to and work on that with the Lord. Exactly as as Lee was saying, I think he's exactly right. Uh, you have to know what God thinks of that. Uh, you, you know, uh, God said, "I want here's a day. I want to make it holy. You give this day, you devote it completely to Me because it's a holy day. On that day, you're not doing anything. So that means something. You know that the, the work isn't a virtue." But rest is so, um, uh, and then I think I would want to to, to land that plane by saying there's uh, there's a recognition that by saying no to that one thing, I'm improving the quality of everything else that I'm doing. I'm improving mm-hmm. the encouragement I'm giving to everybody. I'm in, improving uh, the 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 kind of fellowship that I'm having but there's a point where i just i have what i call peopleitis and i have just had enough and i'm not i'm not doing anybody any good when i'm mm-hmm. at that point yeah. so by saying that strategic no i'm actually doing better at everything else yeah. i'm doing yeah. and that's the thing i need to keep my focus on and have my my sense of what's right and wrong based on that Not based on whether I say yes or no to everything.
0: Yeah, I think that's the really important way to look at this is to look at the whole and not focus on the, I'm going to feel bad that uh, such and such is happening here. And I'd love to go to to you to close this out here. One of the things that I think needs to go said here is in a perfect world, um, the person who's in charge would be checking in to make sure they're not overloading you. Yep. Uh, Lee started us off with a very uh, correct point on that, that oftentimes the, the people in charge are overloaded. Yep. And um, the volunteer pool is not great. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about that is um, that's not your problem. Nope. That's their problem. Yep. They get paid to be here. <laughs> so uh, we ha- we have a wonderful phrase around here <laughs> that Jed has brought us from our friends in uh, in uh, Bulgaria, I believe.
3: Well, it's a Polish
0: proverb, Oh, it's a Polish actually. proverb, which is, uh, this is not my circus. These are not my monkeys. Yes. To right. use that, we use that quite a bit around here. That's, yeah, why that's a much more colorful <laughs> way of saying, that's not my problem. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So I... I that is a part of kind of what we're looking at here. Is we unfortunately we know this is going to be on us yeah. to when to make these decisions. So I think the, the I think Lee and Glenn have given us some really good run up to how to strategically do that. What's the emotional part of going through that? What are the, the red flags of uh, looking at this and how we know when we're kind of due for one? Because I think one of the things that probably needs to be said here is there's really no such thing as oh, I shouldn't have, I've never taken a break and felt, well, that was just a wasted break. Yeah, you Almost everyone can use a little more rest, but how do we know when this is uh, something we could do, something we should do, and holy crap, I am doing something tomorrow. What are we looking for on that?
3: Sure, sure. Great questions. The thing I would encourage you to look at as a very important barometer really throughout your your life and your spiritual life is the presence of joy. Uh, If you find that and I'm not talking about on an, any given day because everybody has up days and down days, but sure. over a span of a couple, three weeks, if you find no joy in anything that you're doing, then we need to make a change. Um, yeah. you know, In a more secular sense, the easy way to put it is, if you're not happy, change something. Yeah. Um, and that, that applies here. If you, again, consistently over a period of weeks, if you just, I have no joy in the things I'm doing, then, then we definitely, something's out of whack. We need to make a change for sure, for sure. But I think the interesting thing, and this goes to what Glenn was saying, is that that change doesn't necessarily have to be this huge thing, right? You know, I mean, this is the the classic case of the dude having a midlife crisis is he's 45 and wakes up and he's unhappy. And so he changes everything in his life in one go and kind of screws everything up in one go. Yeah. That's actually just not a smart way to make changes. You know? If you say, look, I'm not happy and I'm not experiencing joy over you know, an extended period, something needs to change, then let's actually start with some smaller tweaks. Um, let's start, there, there's an acronym that's used in recovery circles, uh, and the acronym is HALT. And it stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. And The idea is if you are in addiction recovery, you should always be particularly wary whenever you're in any of those states. Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. So let's look at those for a second. Do you get enough sleep? Uh, 'cause if you don 't we can do something about that uh and and things that commitments that you have that are saying yeah you you don 't get to have seven hours of sleep those are inappropriate commitments yeah, right, you know, right there 's just right. no way around that you know Hungry, are you skipping meals? Same thing. Uh, it, commitments that say you don't get to have lunch, that's, <laughs> that's right out. Right, dude. Right, right. But, of course, we've all been there. Yeah, we, that's we've, right. we, we've all done that. And it, to be clear, it's one thing to say once in a blue moon, and it's a special event, and it's right. a special occasion, and it's a thing, and therefore we all understand that. Sure. But if on any kind of a consistent basis, I'm not getting enough to eat, and I'm not getting enough sleep, and things are pissing me off, and I'm not getting quality fellowship with other people, again, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We need to address those things. We, we actually want to start with those really basic needs and, and make sure that all of those are fully squared away before we, we worry about the bigger picture stuff. Here's a—I'll close with this. This is a common problem for Christians, is they want to spiritualize everything. And that comes from a good place, because they, they recognize that at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer to everything, and, and he super is. But Jesus made you to be a physical being who has physical needs, including right, the need yep. for sleep and for food and for peace and for uh, uh, camaraderie with other people. So whenever we're just feeling off, that's a great place to start. Halt. Halt. Mm. Hungry, angry, angry, lonely, tired. Am I neglecting any of those four areas of my life? If I've got all of those completely locked down and they're square away and when they should be, then we can, we can look at deeper issues. But if you're not happy, particularly over an extended period, you need to make some changes. If you're wondering where to make those changes, start with those immediate needs and figure out yeah. are we meeting those needs well and make the changes you need to make such so you meet those needs and meet them consistently.
0: That's a really fantastic way to start. One, one extra thing I'll tackle in the end here is um, we, the need for priority here is strong. Yeah. And I mean that in the sense of what are the things that you are should make a high priority? So, you know, you give your list here of, you know, help out the children's ministry and pick people up and drop people off and arrive early for setup and late for teardown. Um Here's the thing. Basically, if you say, oh, I'm doing too much, you could start by uh, saying no to any one of those. Sure. And be fine. Yeah. And decide if that's the—but you probably have a thing. You probably, well, I really like the children's ministry, and I'm happy to get there early and all that. And, uh, but uh, it bums me out that I'm always late for lunch because I'm sitting around tearing down. Um, this again is where you have to be comfortable drawing your own line and you're going to have to do that again because people in charge are not going to do it for you and say, you know what, I helped out, I, I drove people and I'm driving them back and I helped set up so you guys can handle tear down. That's not, you, you wouldn't say it quite that harshly unless you've really been pushed, but it's one of those things if you have to decide, as this takes back to what I was talking about, between you and God, this is, I have done my share. Yeah, that's It's right. actually not incumbent on me that they need someone to do it. If the pastor has to be around for an extra hour to put away the tables, that's his job. He's the right, pastor.
4: Right.
0: I'm a volunteer. I, I have done, I have, I'm declaring that between me and the Lord, I've done my share. And here's the beautiful thing about church and stuff. It all happens again next week. No doubt. Right. right.
3: right. Well, Matt, you are so right. And that actually brings up something that I think should be addressing because of something Glenn said. In my life, I've, I have been the person asking this question, and I struggle at times still being the person who's questioned. I bet you're afraid you're being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's what you're afraid of. Uh, It's certainly what I am often afraid of. And the thing to know about that is... um, In order to be the person God has called you to be, in order to um, do the things God has called you to do, as Glenn's saying, you have to take care of you. You have to look after yourself as an act of stewardship that is sacred. Yes. Because other people are not going to do that. You've heard us say on the show before, and it's a phrase we all learned from Glenn, the opposite of a bad idea is another bad idea. Is it a bad idea to have a life that is completely about you to the abandon of all other human beings' concerns? Yes, that's a bad and unlikely godly thing but here's the funny thing the opposite of that is also a terrible idea exactly a life where you have no thought to yourself and no thought to your own needs and no thought to your own concerns and it's a hundred percent of every day is all about other people that's unsustainable that's yeah, that, right that cannot right. be lived out you're not
1: going to connect with the lord to be any good to anybody anyway no if you're, if you're not taking that downtime.
3: <laughs> no you know, not not at all not work To be crystal clear, your desire for balance is not selfish. Your desire for balance is righteous. Yes. The fact that you are the beneficiary of it, you know what else you're the beneficiary of is God's love and Christ's death on the cross. Right. Uh, Right. His gifts are for you, including balance.
2: I mean, the Lord even said to his own guys, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're burdened down, I'm where you go. For us, he, he after his guys after he sent his guys out on, on uh you know a mission trip, he took them away to a retreat. You yes. know, he said, Let us go away uh, to a lonely place by ourselves for a while. It I loved earlier you said that this this kind of self self sustaining activity, it's not just righteous. it's it's a sacred thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's just the principle of when you're on the airplane that you put the gas mask over yourself first. Yep. Otherwise you can't help anybody. Yep.
0: It's a it's a fantastic point. It also um, goes to this idea of you can't let people guilt you. But we're we're going to go on a sense that this is a helpful thing. Um, when people say you know we just, just want to pour our lives out and give our lives away, that doesn't mean doing stuff all the time. No, that means letting Jesus tell you what you should do. That's right. That's the whole uh, sacrificing your life taking up your cross all stuff, none of that means going 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah. It means letting Jesus tell you what to do, and a surprising amount of time in my own life, and I think these other guys are on the same thing, the uh, the thing he wants me to do is not stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is go home. Amen. Yes. And I will give you one, uh, as I've, I've definitely, as we all have mentioned, I'm a person who super ha- has had this prominent point in my life, um, uh, on a very practical tip, a way to do a thing, schedule something. Yeah. yeah. People yep, yep. are, especially kind of suburban church culture, are they do not violate the sanctity of your planner. Right. That's so if, right. Your thi- if your thing, if church ends at noon and there's someone you've been meeting to have lunch with, Tell them you'll have lunch at them at 12.30. So when someone right. says, hey, can you hang around and do the thing, say, I'd love to, but I'm meeting my friend for lunch. That's right. That's and then you right. just go. And that's, that's kind of the, the certain step where that's the, that will help break the spell of having to do everything you're asked. Mm-hmm. If you have a thing to say, nope, sorry, I'm meeting so-and-so to movie or I'm doing the thing, or that's a, a little baby step on the way there. And We're going to move on. To our final question here, it comes in our Tumblr box and it says, Hi there. My roommate, who's a really good friend of mine, has begun dating a really nice guy from our church. We're both in our late 20s and have been single for years. She always took the stance of, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, when it came to relationships. On the other hand, I've tried dating, asking people out, the apps and all sorts of stuff, and it hasn't worked for me yet. I'm happy for her, but I'm also jealous of her and scared of losing our friendship. I know life isn't fair sometimes and God always provides, but it almost feels like a cruel joke that someone who didn't even want this gets to have something that I've never had but always wanted and have tried to make happen. It's like it magically fell into her lap while I'm actively trying to, to be patient and trying to give my desires to God. So I'm jealous of her, but I'm also missing her. Change has always been hard for me, and I'm trying to be okay with it. I'm trying to rely on God to get me through my loneliness and insecurities, but it's hard. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to start us off on this, and Lord knows there's a lot there's a lot here. Yes, um, but this idea of uh, th- let's start with the emotionality of I am happy for so and so, I am jealous of so and so. Yeah, Those actually, can and do often coexist, right?
1: For sure, and and I think uh, I, I think uh, you know these other fellows will address as we should that that's kind of the core thing of of. You know, I I'm hearing a bit of a, a separation anxiety. You know, that that sense of uh, abandonment and that yeah. that maybe go back to other family stuff. Uh, and I think it's it's perfectly uh, acceptable, understandable, reasonable, and human to feel a certain amount of that jealousy. You know, it's not healthy and it's not good for you, but it's makes sense. It makes sense. We're not trying to, you know, uh. uh uh, if somebody
0: hands your friend a million dollars cash, I want a million dollars cash. What the heck?
2: That's
1: right. So that's uh, let's be reasonable towards you on that.
0: Also, let's
1: also tell the truth mm. about this uh, gal. This never turns out well. Come on. Uh, this, is, this is what this is she says. If it happens, it happens. Mm. If it doesn't, it doesn't.
0: That's the sound a lie makes.
1: That's the sound a lie makes. <laughs> she wanted a man to get near her right now every minute same exact way you did she's just lying and that's that's what people want that's what people want and here's the thing if she didn't want it and this dude came along and say hey how's about we uh spend some time together she'd say no I'm, i'm good thank you she didn't say that she said yes please thank you oh god yes thank god yes so um so uh you know, people have different ways of dealing with unmet desire, and sometimes they they project that sense of you know, oh, I'm not uh, whatever, whatever, and um, and 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 I'm I'm not trying to to uh, beat her up for having that attitude either, but I really would caution you against buying that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's one thing. Second thing, you do not, and I can't say this clearly enough, you do not want a, as you put it fall into your lap relationship. This You, you said you know, <laughs> this relationship fell into her lap. You don't want that relationship. You don't. You want a relationship where you went after this thing, yeah. they were super excited, and then you both are vulnerable to one another, and you both are invested and passionate and exciting. If there is a relationship where either one of these two people is like, oh, look, somebody did all the work and it just fell into my lap. <laughs> you don't want that relationship because there's really only one person in it. Yeah, The other person is just uh, 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 getting all the benefit of that. Um, <clears throat> if you can dig it, uh, that's actually a recipe for a terrible, terrible, terrible relationship that will end disaster. end in disaster because here's the thing. If one person is doing all the work, they eventually do look up and say, Hey, are you in this? I can't really tell. Yeah, it looks like I'm doing all the work. You seem to have this casual, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't kind of thing going on. And you know what? That doesn't work for me because I already have a whole world full of people that are blasé about having a relationship with me. You're supposed to be in this because you are super excited about it. So I think, um, uh, again... uh, the the perception may be a bit off, but even if it wasn't, then then this would not be something really that to that you would want uh, to 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 envy in that sense. Uh, also, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to send it around to these fellows. Here's the thing that 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 jealousy and envy does. Here's the the lie that it tells. Okay, because as you're pointing out, Matt, and rightly so, she has something that you want. And you're going to feel bummed about that, and that's naturalness. So that part's the, the, the truth part. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the, the lie part that's hidden within that truth. The lie is this. It's a perception that, we, that this person has a blessing or a good thing or whatever, but they sort of took mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, It's weird that we think that way. But, but we it, do. That's yeah. how we think of it. Uh, uh, very super, super quick story. I'm, 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 I'm in a church... Uh, this is a suburban church in a predominantly white Did neighborhood. like a lost or something? Uh, no. no. Uh, I, I, I wish, wish I had been. But um, uh, And the pastor of the church is a guy that I'm uh, doing things with and helping in certain ways. And uh, we're he's taking me on a tour of the church because I'm dying to see that. Woo, and it's a narthex, Glenn. Yeah. Narthex. He, <laughs> he, he took me into the sanctuary, and he quoted the price that it took to renovate the sanctuary.
3: You didn't ask, to be clear. He just told you.
1: I, w- I wish I could go back to a time when he did not say this number. It was, it was vulgar. Yep. That's yeah. the only word for the number he quoted me. Offensive. Offensive. <laughs> Actively. And Glenn's hard to
0: offend. This did it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I work with uh, murderers. Yeah. I heard this, and I was like, that is vulgar. You Stop should- talking
3: right now, Yeah, Bob. you
1: should not say <laughs> that number out loud. I can't think of you the same way. Now that I know this number. But here's the thing. It, it's a fact. If you took, let's say, uh, uh, that money that he spent, put it in the bank, you get about, about a 10% return on that investment, you invest it. We could run this ministry on the interest forever. Yep. Oh, gosh. That is insanely vulgar. And it is as I can't say this clearly enough. That's a stupid thing to say to somebody else. Yep. Like, look at all the money we blew on this for nothing.
0: Recessed lighting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay. But here's the thing: the, the 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 premise of me being jealous or envious of
0: that would be he's got some of sure, my money. If they had money. spent that money on sanctuary, I'd have that money.
1: That's right. Which which I wouldn't. No. You know. So that this is the thing is. But well, we have to get away from that thinking of he's taken something away from me. It's a very weird thing, but yeah. I think that's where 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 it comes from,
0: yeah absolutely, even if in in this situation it's not a uh even if it's not, uh, I wanted to date that person, and they're dating them. Which it doesn't sound like that's the situation. There's that idea of, well, I want a relationship. Now there's less relationship out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's one yeah. That's right. It's less relationship in the universe. It sounds nuts when you say it again, out loud, but, it's, but it's, it's, we all that have it. that thought. Yeah, yes. yes. it's yes. a
2: finite product, Matt. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's that thing. You're like, well, that person driving the car I want. They made more of them. No, they're well, gone it, forever. They, that's mine. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It's one of those things of it, it's as you point out, it, it is a lie because it has no logical basis. That's yeah. how that works, but it's the emotional reality of that is true. That's one of the things we kind of have to deal with here. And Lee, I'd love to go to you on this uh, next. Uh, there's something Glenn mentioned in the there, that I think is very critical to understanding this, which is um, be beware of buying into the narratives you assume other people are going yeah. on here. So I imagine that this gal said a couple of times, I'm not so into the, the, the relationship thing. If it happens, it happens. Again, that's what they're saying, not what's living. But then you saw this and the narrative you've created in your own mind is well, this happened so easy for them. Yeah, yeah. And that can be dating relationships. That can be getting a job. That can be school. There'd be a lot of people create narratives of other people of what well, it, it seems to happen super easy for them. Which a that's harmful in creating that narrative, but b it's harmful in the next step, which is well, I should, I want that. I want easy things to happen. And why don't easy things happen for me? And what's the danger in that kind of wanting someone else's assumed narrative?
2: So, the dangers in all of the things that you just set up, which are, first of all, we need to say, and I need to say this with you, these are super, extremely normal, natural ways to feel. Yeah, when we say everybody,
0: we mean literally everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, you know, we not only, it's not that we understand, we overstand. The way that you feel we've all felt that kind of stuff, as glenn's saying we, we've we 've all felt these kind of jealousies, comparisons, stuff like that, but the problem is you're asking the question, you know what are some of the pitfalls and dangers of thinking like this it's like a hydra there's there are so many problems there are so many difficulties that you run into here's one of the pro, one of the problems that you have with comparison is anytime you compare your life to somebody else's life. One of the problems that you have there is that you become this third-person, omniscient narrator of a story where you think you know all of the stories. And you think you know what everyone is thinking. Mm -hmm. And you think you know what everybody is experiencing in the middle of those realities that you only see, you know, basically the Instagram photo of. Yep, yep. You know, and so now Mm -hmm. we've got... So so because what's happened is just as Matt said you the comparison and we understand we we absolutely understand because we've all done this but what's happened is you've got the Instagram version of the story and then you populate that with all the rest of the backstory Well, this girl didn't even want a relationship for the past three years, you know? And now she's gotten this perfect relationship. The thing that you don't realize is, is exactly what Glenn said. She super wanted a relationship, like crazy wanted (laughs) a relationship. Like it's like it's sickened her how much she wanted a relationship. But the front was, I don't really care. I'm blase about the whole thing. And then, now she's got one, and the Instagram photo says, it's awesome, and we're perfect. And the truth is, it's hard as hell to date somebody, okay? And figure that thing out, and put it together. And exactly as Glenn said, you have to be vulnerable, and you have to work through your issues, and you have to... It takes time, and it takes an inordinate amount of words. I mean, it's unbelievable. But the narrative that we're painting all of a sudden, when we compare, is... We're dealing with such a, just such a fraction of the facts, such a fraction of the facts. And then, and what's happened is, and, and, and this has happened to you without you even realizing it, is that now that narrative has told you something about God that is crazy. Here's what it's told Mm. you. God is a Buddhist. He is a Buddhist And he will not give you something until you no longer want it. (laughs) And when you have eradicated all desire for something, then now you have become worthy of receiving that thing you no longer want. Yep. So as soon as you can eradicate all desire for this relationship, then you will become a drop in the water of the ocean of Nirvana. (laughs) And now you get to have a smooch, and an Instagram photo and the whole thing. And look, I know I'm being cheeky about this, and I don't mean to. But I, uh, the thing is, is that we've all felt that comparison and the envy. But what happens is, it starts with us thinking that we're the third-person omniscient narrator that knows how everybody feels about everything mm-hmm. in their whole history and how well this thing is going. And then the place that it ends, Matt saying, like, what are the pitfalls and dangers? Now, all of a sudden, our God is a Buddhist I mean, that's where, that's where this thing ends is I can't have what I want until I no longer want it. That's crazy. And, and I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm saying that the lies that all the comparison and envy and everything tell you are crazy. And it tells us the same ones. And that's why the, the, one of the best things that you could do for yourself in your life for your faith, for everything, every piece of this is to decide, I have got to figure out, and I don't care how many friends and how many conversations, how many cups of coffee it takes me to do this, I have got to figure out how to, how to eradicate comparison and envy out of my life. Amen. Amen. Because Amen. They, they lie to me and they steal from me, and then they pollute and corrupt my faith. And, and all those things are precious to me. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be robbed and I don't want my faith to get corrupted or tainted by any of this stuff, but it happens so easy and so fast that floor drops out from underneath you and you don't know anything anymore because you wind up thinking you know everything. And, that's, and I'm not trying to beat you up. This is, the, this is what happens to all of us. And so that's where we need to look with this comparison thing. We've got to figure out how to not do it because we wind, up on, we, we wind up on a slippery slope with no footing. We don't know anything and it messes with us so bad. And that's what's going on here. And I hate it for you. We're praying for you. And look, here's the thing. You have a God who wants you to have a great dating relationship. He loves you, and he wants you to have an awesome man. And that's where we need to get back to. You are worthy of a relationship like that, and God wants that for you. And that's where we've got to... We gotta peel back this other stuff so we can see God that way and, and come out of this. There's some stuff that He wants you to do, and we're proud of you for doing it. The apps, the the dating, the, all that stuff, kissing yes. your frogs, and the yes. whole thing. We're proud of that. Yes, you don't roll off of that process. You dig down deeper into that process. Yeah. Keep going with that. We believe in you on that stuff. Amen. Amen. Absolutely, that's Amen. fantastic uh, stuff,
0: Jed. Love to go to you to a, a close us out here. I think one of the things we need to look at here, which this our person, our friend points out, the question here is, uh, this feels unfair. That's yeah. because it is unfair. Yes. And one of the aspects we haven't quite touched on this yet, which I think needs to come into the fold, is it's unfair because uh, there's an element of luck. Sure. Mm-hmm. As we pointed out, you know, the part of the craziness is, um, you know, there's one less uh, unit of love out there in the world. Therefore, <laughs> I'm most likely to find it. Uh, but Lee is pointing us towards another one here, which is this idea of I, I didn't. Uh, put the the keys in the right sequence here, and she just fell backwards into it. And th- there's a we're trying to unlock a magic, a universal magic code for love here, right? But um, different things happen at different rates for different people. Absolutely. Um, as theists we would say that's kind of God's will. Other people might say that's just the the chaotic void of the universe. Uh, unfortunately, if Lee saying the phrase "God is a Buddhist" didn't freak out enough, I will point out that uh, functionally those two things are not that different. Sure, the the will of an un, of an ununderstandable God and a chaotic uh, void of the universe. Right. Um. That if can feel the same to the end user. Yes. As our friends in right, the tech right. sector would put right. it. <laughs> but how do how do we deal with that kind of thing to not only not get caught in creating the narrative, but face the fact that which we people really don't like it there may just not be a narrative here. Absolutely. There, uh, her story and my story may have zero overlap at this point.
3: Well, that's a keen insight. Uh, it is unfair. Uh, you mm-hmm. feel like it's unfair because it is. And we're sorry. We, we really are. Uh, you, you want something and you haven't received it yet. And you're watching other people, uh, whether they are more or less worthy is irrelevant. You're watching other people receive it ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is there's yes. no way around that. That's full stop. Uh, j- true confessors, just so you know, I have spent periods of my life eaten up with jealousy in comparison to other people Mm. um i have wasted years of my life doing that um i'm i am the the biggest sinner we've got on it here's what i can tell you from it is you can spend the next five years of your life meditating on how life is unfair and unkind and what does it mean and it will go nowhere Mm -hmm. that that that's actually what will happen if if you decide to throw yourself into what does it all mean man and you know and and it, it goes nowhere that's right. that's actually where it goes. At a certain point, you have to move forward. Uh, Matt, to your point, the idea of uh, maybe her story and my story just don't have anything to do with each other. There's, there's not some sort of big lesson from things she did or didn't do. Uh, you've got to live your own life. That, that's actually what you've got to do. The, the, to use Matt's word, the luck element means you can't force there to be the right guy out there. Um, as a follower of Christ, you believe that he sees your need and desire and is working on that, but you can't force that to happen and you can't force the timing of it. What you can force is you can force your way into a mediocre relationship tomorrow. You can do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it will not be worth doing. You will not be pleased with the outcome, but, but if you feel like I have to have something now, you can do that. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, most of us on this podcast have done the mediocre relationship. Thumbs yeah. down. would not recommend. Yes. Uh, But here's what you can do. And this is the thing. This is what I learned out of my own really embarrassingly long period of giving in to jealousy and envy and decrying the unfairness of the cosmos. What you can do is say, here are the opportunities before me today, and I'm going to live fully into those. Mm -hmm. So, for example, one of the things you're experiencing is the loneliness of a close friend who simply has less time now. If she's in a dating relationship, she has less time for you. That is unavoidably true. You can take that time that is now available and invest it in building new friendships with other people. Um, There are amazing people waiting to be your friend. I guarantee you that's true. There are people that you would be a blessing to and people who would be a blessing to you just by having a close friendship with them. And... The, the thing which you already know and I suspect maybe try not to think about is should your friend's new dating relationship grow and progress, she will have progressively less time for you because she will get married. And what are we going to do then? Build new friendships. That, right. That's what that's you right. do. Uh, take a hold of the open doors that are before you. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've learned very painfully and very difficultly in my life. God always has something he's saying yes to in my life today. Yeah, Always, yeah, without yeah, fail, without yeah. exception. There's always multiple yeses before me right now today. What I've spent a long time in my life doing is saying yes, but you were saying no to the one thing I care about, so screw all that other stuff. Right, right. <laughs> this is the only part I care about.
1: And you care about the good stuff. He wants to give you other stuff I just, you know.
3: Stuff he's got is crap. Yeah. I've got the priorities. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Um. It, again... It doesn't work. That's uh, having done it for an embarrassingly long period of time. I promise you that approach doesn't work. He has things that he's offering you today that are yeses. I Amen. suspect some of those may be friend platonic friendships with other people. Take a hold of his yeses, yeah. open his presence, open his gifts, play with the toys he gives you. Mm-hmm. There's joy there. There's peace there. There's satisfaction there. There's fulfillment there. And there's the kind of growth there that mm-hmm. will take you down the road to the places that you care about today and wonder if they're ever coming. It doesn't exactly. seem like that could be true, but it's been true in my life. It's been true in the lives of the people that I've I've walked a long mile alongside. We believe in you. Open those gifts that are before you today and don't give up.
0: That's absolutely right. This is, these are all fantastic uh, insights into this. I'll, I'll close out with uh, one quick thing and an aspect of this we didn't touch on too, too much, but I think it ties into all this. So you talk about, you know, I don't know how to deal with you know, the friend and the change of relationships, just a little bit. Here Here's the here's the easiest way to deal with that. Go to your friend and say, it bums me out that we don't have as much time to hang out now that you're dating someone. So yeah. I know that's not really your fault, but that's how I feel. You want to go see a movie or something right? and schedule some time. Because here's the worst possible lesson you could take from this situation, and it's the one you'll most want to take. And if that sounds like the voice of experience, I uh, tell you, <laughs> trust that, as Glenn would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the The worst possible lesson you take from this is uh, I wanted something, and I put myself out there on it, and I didn't get it, so I should never do that again. The lesson is, to quote the great philosopher H. Simpson, you tried your best, and you failed miserably. The lesson is never, never try. try. <laughs> That's not what we're going to take from this. That's not the healthy—this goes back to a lot of what uh, the really good stuff Lee was talking about in the last episode, about letting the uh, the enemy kind of get in there and uh, create how you can interpret these things. The lesson on this is, as we've pointed out many times, God saying no to something right now. And that's for a be- that's almost always leads to a better yes down the line, so that's fine. But the lesson is not, as Lee was pointing to, don't ever put out into the universe that you want things. Yeah. For then God will, because he is a spiteful God, not give them to you. <laughs> right. So yeah, the, yeah. the quickest point between A and B is a straight line. The quickest point to let someone to for someone to know that you would like to spend a little more time with them and hang out and have quality time is say, I would like to hang out and have quality time. Yep. So
3: just,
0: we, we talk a lot in the ministry up here in Chicago about um, uh, giving the devil a kick up the pants and that often, uh, this is where our our uh, supernatural spiritual gift of stubbornness comes in. Mm. Comes into you don't you you want to give me a flat tire on the way to the chapel service? I will go there and stay twice as long because screw you. Yeah, that's that's right. why. That's right. So it's one of those things of if it feels like the 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 lesson that a little. Uh, uh, Ponytail dude really wants you to take from this is stop trying at it stuff it's time to try it stuff oh, yep. yeah. and you can do that we believe in you your friends you're, and you're super not going to freak out your best friend by saying I like spending time with you we don't get to do that as much so don't mind all that don't let the fear treat you on that alright if you have a question for us say that podcast gmail.com thebridgechicago.tumblr.com just because it's past Christmas doesn't mean that Christmas music season is quite over. we got, we got one more for you. This is uh, from our friends Pete and Tasha Lawson. This is a fantastic yeah. kind of throwback jazzy tune called Move to My Town. Pete and Tasha really got a hold of this. We're going to take out with that. Yes, I'm Originally featured on our December 2016 Bridge Box. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: The Say That Podcast, hosted by Matthew King. He's single, ladies, and he'll cook your turkey.
3: Wow!
2: Wow, you (laughs) feel good about
4: that? Yeah, you know. There's going to be a meeting. Snow's falling down. Fire's aglow. Carol's all sung. I feel low. Hollow joys won't sustain me, I know. and bulls, eggnog and earth, they give me a smile, they don't give my life worth, one redeems, it's the day doctor that lives right next door he is mighty and eternal he comes to restore he's the prince of peace Son end to all war he's the love of god held back no more alone, love so far away, this year's mistakes, they grow more every day.